Our Heavenly Father, this is indeed a grand privilege that Thou hast granted to us one more day this side of eternity together here tonight in the presence of the Holy Spirit, the angels of God in this company, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, your resurrected and beloved Son. We're commissioned by him to go into all the world and to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit to the born-again believers. And you said, These signs shall follow them that believe. We're happy for this privilege tonight. God, help us tonight. Help the unbeliever tonight to become a full believer in Christ, the resurrected one. And I pray that you'll heal the sick and the needy tonight, cast away the evil sickness and afflictions from their bodies, and may there become an old-fashioned revival throughout all the land just before the coming of the Lord. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. He's just as real as he was in the beginning, so he's still the devil. Now, I want to read some scripture out of the book of Exodus, God commissioning Moses, a great servant and deliverer, the type of Christ, a lawgiver and priest. Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice and provoke him not. For he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if thou wilt indeed obey his voice and do all that I command, then I'll be an enemy to thy enemies and an adversary to thy adversaries. For behold, I send my angel before thee. And over in the thirteenth chapter of Exodus, twenty-first verse, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way by night and a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day and night. And he took not away the pillar of cloud by day, neither the pillar of fire by night from before the people. This was doing a, a great crisis in the, in the people of God. They had been led away captive down into Egypt for or not led away, a famine drove them away, and they'd been down there for some 400 years in captivity. And God, all his purpose, because he had spoken first to Abraham, saying that his people would sojourn in a strange land for 400 years, and he would bring them out by a mighty hand. And all of God's works, all of his promises, just fit right together. I just have a little testimony before the prayer line. And just at the time that the promise is ready to be fulfilled, the Israelites were faring presumptuously down in Egypt. They were getting along all right. Or the great prestige that Joseph had had before the king by saving Egypt in the seven years of famine. And God had given favor. And but when there come time of the promise to be fulfilled, there raised up a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. And they began a persecution. And it caused in the persecution to cause the people to go to crowding together and praying. And always persecution strengthens the cause. It's been through the age. Persecution. I have a great faith to believe that one day before the coming of the Lord, that our little differences will be settled. God may have to let communism sweep us together, but something will take place that will make us all one heart and one accord. If we can't have faith now for healing, how are we going to have rapture in faith? <laughs> We've got to have faith for the little things first before the great thing. So there will be something that will cause us all. That's in God's province. I do not know. But I've seen a demonstration of it recently, and that's what I want to tell you about. Then when God sent this little fellow Moses, he was born kind of an odd birth and a peculiar time, and God hid him away. It was God's election and calling of, to send Moses down there. Moses couldn't help because he was Moses. But how God preserved his life, it was predestination, the foreordained will of God. And then 
when he finally got him into the desert to herd the sheep of Jethro after he had become a murderer, then one day God spoke to him in a burning bush. In a, God told him to take off his shoes, for the ground was holy where he stood. And how that God led that church in the natural is a perfect type of the spiritual he's leading it today. He brought out Israel, the natural, by signs, wonders, and miracles. He brings out the spiritual in this day, signs, wonders, and miracles. God has always, they've always accompanied God because God is supernatural. He's the creator, and his whole, there's nothing impossible to him. And when a man becomes born again of the Spirit of God, he becomes an offspring or a son of God, and then he has the same type of mind that God does. The mind that was in Christ is in us. And we believe for the, for the unseen, for the miraculous, and just anything, you see. And then we have uh, the Holy Spirit who comes to us and speaks to us concerning these things. And that's the whole purpose of these meetings, dear Christian friends. It's for no other purpose before God but that your faith in God might be stimulated to a place to believe him for the salvation of your soul and for the healing of your body. It was remarked to me just a few weeks ago by the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, from which I'm a member of that body of people. They said, Brother Bram, the only thing that's in your meeting that we've heard that you use so much of the time on divine healing, not enough for the soul. They want to sponsor a meeting in Louisville, Kentucky, Southern Baptist Convention, 70 Baptist churches in Louisville. Well, I said, sir, you do not understand. The divine healing part of my program is only the bait that's on the hook. You don't show the fish the hook, you show him the bait. I said, the people, when they see what God is, then the gospel catches them. That's for the soul. He said, do you ever have any converts? I said, in the past seven years, I've had a little over 350,000 in my meetings alone, besides what others just went out. That kind of stumped them. I said, where'd all these converts go? I said, to the church of their choice. I said... He said, well, most of them Pentecostal gets. I said, that's right, because Pentecostal believes in this, and Pentecostal comes, and Pentecostal takes it away. I said, that's right. You don't believe it, so you stay away from it, and you don't get it. Many of your people come, and they get into it, and they see, and they believe on that, and they just go on. I said, if you just let down the board, I said, well, what about Christian science and a lot of those isms? I said, if you people would have stayed where you should have stayed, we wouldn't have had those cults. See? If you'd have went ahead and preached the gospel, a man's a supernatural being. He's hungering after God. And if he can't find the real food of God, he'll eat out of anything he can find. Now, I said, because he's a supernatural being inside of him. I said, that's the reason he makes automobiles and invents. He can almost create because he's made in the image of God. So that was it. Now, tonight, God is still God. And now when God led the children of Israel out, he brought down an angel. God has always used angels in his work. There's never been an angel of God worshipped, for he wouldn't stand for it. A true angel of God doesn't stand to be worshipped. But God has had angels through every dispensation. Recently, a man that belongs to a fine, full gospel church said to me, Brother Branham, said, you keep speaking of an angel at Disney. I read your books and so forth, an angel said, son, that's an error. I said, sir, it isn't. <laughs> he said, God don't lead any church today by angels. He said, Daniel and the prophets and them had angels in the Old Testament, but the Holy Spirit leads the church in this last day. I said, that's true. But still, there's angels. He said, not New Testament doctrine, Brother Branham. <clears throat> I said, oh, brother, <laughs> sure there is. I said, 
Do you believe that the Virgin Mary was in the New Testament when the angel Gabriel appeared? He said, but that was before the Holy Spirit came. I said, then do you believe Philip had the Holy Ghost? He said, yes. I said, who was it told him down in Samaria to go to the desert Gaza for the eunuch of Ethiopia? Was it the Holy Spirit or the angel of the Lord? It was the angel of the Lord, not the Holy Spirit. So I said, do you believe that St. Paul had the Holy Ghost? He said, sure. You believe Peter had the Holy Ghost? He said, sure. I said, then when Peter was in prison, he had a prayer meeting at John Mark's house. Who was he come into the bars like a light and shine down on him? The angel of the Lord. Who was it, Paul, after 14 days and nights with no moon, stars, or nothing to show, and all hopes would ever be saved out in that storm was given up and gone, and Paul went out in the gallery, and after a while he returned out and said, Be of a good cheer, for the angel of God, whose servant I am, stood by me, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God give all of them. Wherefore, brethren, I believe God, and it shall be just as it was shown unto me. In the Isle of Patmos, John, anyone would know John the Beloved there, had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the whole book of Revelations was revealed to John by an angel. And John fell down to worship the angel, a separate being from Jesus Christ. And he said, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify these things which must shortly come to pass. Is that right? Oh, yes, Christian. Angels of God are ministering spirits sent from the presence of God. But now, as the theme of my meeting of Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, when Moses started out this burning fire that was in the bush, God told him, said, Behold, I send my angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you to the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. Now, anyone knows that the pillar of fire that led the children of Israel was the angel of the covenant. Is that right, Bible readers? Which was Jesus Christ. Moses has seen the riches of Christ greater than the riches of Egypt. Reproach of Christ, rather, greater than the treasures of Egypt. It was Jesus Christ. He was in a pillar of fire. That was the same angel that was in that bush of burning, that same pillar of fire. And he's been the guiding angel through the years. He's been the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, nearly everyone in here shared my life story. And I say this with humility, with love towards all, trying to find favor before God. That in the day of my parting from this life, and when my task is over here, I want to go to heaven just the same as anybody that's in this building. Heaven means much to me. I've got a wife there. I've got a baby there. I've got, I've got loved ones there. I've got thousands of friends there. I want to go to, and above all, my Lord Jesus is there. And I want to go see him. And I know as a deceiver or a liar, I would never enter the kingdom of heaven. I'd be counted a deceiver, so I could not go. And I want to go. And that's why I'm here tonight. Although it may be criticized in my, in my preaching and teaching, but I can prove it by the Bible, and God confirms it with signs and wonders following. And if God says it's so, then no one has a right to doubt anymore. God has spoken. Recently in Houston, Texas... And this, just a moment now, a few moments rather, just as quick as I can, I want to tell you what happened. I was holding a meeting in Houston, Texas, at a, an auditorium which seated about, I guess we had about 8,000 in the meeting. And in this, it might be people here that was in the meeting. And in the, the meeting, there was a, a clergyman of the city that said, Mr. Best of the Baptist Temple, he wrote a piece in the paper and said that I was a religious imposter and should be chased out of the city, and he should be the person that would do it. Well, now, that doesn't sound very much like a servant of Christ, but uh, however, the man, he's young and had lots to learn, as I have and all of us. And so, Mr. Bosworth, how many knows Fred Bosworth? Nearly all of you. And he was uh, the managing of the meeting. And he said, uh, he come to me and said, Look here, Brother Branham, isn't this a disgrace? It's a challenging. Well, I said, Brother Bosworth, nobody ever got anywhere by fussing. 
The gospel is not to be fussed, it's to be lived and believed. And so I said, why, why fool with one critic when he's thousands laying there dying to be prayed for? And he said, well, all right. And the next day, another big piece come out in the Houston Chronicle and said that, a paid ad, of course, and said that it went to show that I was afraid to say, to take up for what I was teaching that in the light of the Bible that I could not stand on what I was teaching. And it showed that I wouldn't accept his challenge because I was afraid of it. Well, up in the hotel come Brother Bosworth pushing a paper under my face again. Here you are, Brother Branham. You see what I mean? Look at there. He said, you ought to do something. I said, Brother Bosworth, that doesn't bother. If they be blind, lead the blind. Won't they all fall in the ditch? I said, let them alone. See, And I said, that wouldn't do any good. He said, but Brother Branham... For the principle of what we're standing for before the public, we ought to do it. I said, I don't fuss with anyone. See, I said, just be a fuss. He said, Brother Branham, let me do it. <laughs> well, I thought of old Caleb when I thought of him standing there about 75 years old. and He said, let me do it. I said, no, Brother Bonsworth, not to fuss. I don't. He said, Brother Branham, I promise you I won't fuss one time. He said, but that man hasn't got one scripture and said... I'll prove it before the people. And he said, just so the reporters are waiting down to the Of course, they keep my place of staying because I, in secret because I pray through the day, wait on the Lord. So then, in a little few moments, he said, Brother Brandon, you going to let me go? I said, Brother Bosworth, I don't want you to do that. But I said, if you promise me you won't fuss, you can. He said, I promise you. And downstairs he went. Well, of course, the next day, you know how the newspapers can write anything up. Ecclesiastical hair will fly, you know, and, and the, the debate. And they rented the big Coliseum, San Houston Coliseum, and thousands packed in there. Now, amongst the full gospel people, there's fusses about different things. One believes that there will be a millennium. The other says there will not be. One says he's coming one way and another and another. And they spent one baptizes one way and one another. And they argue about it. That's just like the rest of us. All through all other churches is that. But, brother, here's the reason I believe there will be a coming together. They didn't care whether they was riding a one-hump camel, two humps, or three humps, or whatever they believed in. There was one thing in principle that was a doctrine of divine healing, and thousands swarmed in for everywhere and filled that big stadium everywhere. That night, Mr. Bosworth got up. He said, I promised that there would be no fussing. And there was thousands of people packed in. You see the picture of it in your book? And he said, uh, I do not believe in fussing, but I have 600 scriptures written out here that proves that Christ's present attitude towards the people is just the same today as it ever was. And if Dr. Best can take one of those scriptures and by the Bible disprove it, we won't have any debate. I'll just sit down and say I'm wrong. That was quite a wide statement. He said, Dr. Best, help yourself. And he said, I'll take care of that when I get up there. So Mr. Bosworth said, well, Dr. Best, I'll ask you one. And if you'll just even answer me yes or no, it'll settle it. And we won't, we'll let Brother Branham come and pray for the sick. And he said, will you answer me? And he said, let's hear what you're going to say. He said, was the redemptive names of Jehovah applied to Jesus, yes or no? That settled it. <laughs> well, if he said yes, well, he's Jehovah Rapha, the same as he's Jehovah Jireh. And if he isn't Jehovah Jireh, he isn't the Savior, he wasn't the Lord, so then you look for another Savior. And if he is Jehovah Jireh, he's Jehovah Rapha, and all the redemptive names belongs to him because he is God's redemption to the human race, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, that, that was it. Well, he said, Dr. Best, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that you can't answer one of my weakest ones. So he just kept saying, wait till I get up there. Brother Bosworth said, all right, I'll just sacrifice my time and you get up. And so when the man got up and the moderators gave him the platform, he preached a very good Camelite sermon. I was rocked in a Baptist cradle. I know what Baptist doctrine is. He preached that, that 
After this more immortality, when this mortality puts on immortality, that'll be divine healing. Well, sure, we all believe that. But what about this? If there's no, if we have no earnest of our salvation, the blessing that we have in our heart of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the earnest or the down payment. And if there is no divine healing, there's no resurrection of the body. There's no earnest of it. So we have the earnest of our salvation now. So after a while, he kept saying, and the moderators called him down. He didn't answer one question or nothing. And he got real angry. And he turned around and slapped another preacher in the face. And when he did that, and he had hired the Douglas Studios of Houston to come out and take six, eight by ten glossy pictures of him. Now, here's the remark. He said, I'm going to skin that old man, take his hide off of him, and hang him up on the skin on the, my study door, rub some salt in it, for a memorial on divine healing. Sounds like a Christian, doesn't it? So then he said that about Brother Bosworth, but the skin and it went the other way. So then when the, he said, nobody believes in that but a bunch of fanatics, a bunch of holy rollers. Raymond T. Ritchie, I don't know where you know him or not, many of you do. He said to the moderator, could I have a word? He said, yes. He said, this bunch of Baptist clergymen here, did the Southern Baptist Convention send this man over here, yes or no? Nobody say nothing. 30,000 people sitting there. He said, did, he, did you all send him? So one spokesman raised up and said, he come on his own. I said, that's different. Mr. Best said, Baptists don't believe in such nonsense. He said, nothing but a bunch of holy rollers, Brother Bosworth said, just a moment. He said, now, if anybody here, these two weeks that Brother Bram's been here, that could show a statement that they've been healed by God since Brother Branham's been here and can prove that they're healed and has membership in these Baptist churches in good standing, will you stand up? Three hundred stood up. So what about them? It's your best that anybody can testify of anything else still don't make it right. So he said, now, in other words, you can't support it by the Word, you can't support it by, your test, by the testimony, now what you going to do? So he said, bring forth that divine here and let me see him do something. So let me see him perform a miracle. Brother Bosworth said, Now, I'd be ashamed of that, Brother Beth. He said, Brother Bram don't claim to be no divine healer. If preaching divine healing makes him a divine healer, preaching salvation makes you a divine Savior. And would you want to be called a divine Savior? He said, Certainly not. And neither does Brother Branham want to be called a divine healer. He is not. Don't claim to be. Just preaches divine healing because it's in the Word. And you can't support nothing else but what it is in the Word. See? And so then he... Um, he said, uh, I'd like to see him perform a miracle. He said, he's here every night. He said, he never performed a miracle yet. He said, he just prays for the sick. And said, God performs the miracles. So then he kept getting real rough. And, and after a while, they started to dismiss the audience. <clears throat> and Brother, Brother Bosworth said, I, now, my brother had told me that I said first I wasn't going down. But my wife and I, my brother and three or four police, and I had my coat pulled up, and I went up in Balcony 30 and sat up there. And I was watching, and I watched those photographers. He had, he's, first, he put his finger under Brother Bosworth's nose and had the photographer take his picture like that, and then this way, pointing towards him, he uh, take his picture of six glosses, and he took all six of them. And then they had uh, a lot of the reporters sitting around, so they don't let pictures taken, as you see here in the meeting, because of the commercial of the picture. So then... Mr. Bosworth said, Now, Brother Bram, I know in the meeting. If he wants to come and dismiss the audience, all right. He said, But Brother Beth said, I've never heard Brother Bram make a statement said, of such and said his books are, are translated in many, many different languages of the world, and never did I hear him say he was a healer. And said, But if he wants to come and dismiss the audience, he's welcome. And said, I know he's in the building somewhere, but nobody has seen where I was at yet, way up in the top. And so they... He said, but if he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to. My brother said, now you sit still. I said, well, I'm sitting still. So just while standing there, or sitting there, brother, I heard something go. And then when I looked, something said, raise up. And I raised up. Brother said, sit down. My wife said, not now. See? And when people began crying, and they looked up that way, and they formed several hundred ushers, put their hands together, and they made a line because it was pathetic, even trying to touch your clothes. You know, it's, it breaks the heart of an iron man nearly to see how some of the things go on in those meetings. And here, coming down from there, 
I walked up to the platform. I said, I'm very sorry that these things have to be. And don't let me feel hard at Mr. Best. I said, because he's got just as much right to disbelieve that as I have to believe it. That's why we're Americans. That's why the core, we're fighting to keep it America. Every man to his own opinion. I said, the only thing I don't think he was sincere when he said he felt sorry for those people. Here's people that was dying last week and well now. Even the doctor said so. And there's people laying there dying without a hope. The doctor's done give them up and trying to rob them from the only thing they have that'll make them well. I said, in sincerity, I, don't, I can't believe that would be sincere. But I said, however, that's let him believe what he wants to. I said, but I was reminding when he says to me, come and perform, like they hit the master on the head one time and said, prophesy if you're a prophet and do these things. I said, God doesn't do things like that. But I said, I only speak what is truth. I said, when I was born in a little cabin, according to my mother, who I believe, a light, a pillar of fire came in and stood where I was, was when I was born. About, I was about five minutes old. I said, all down through life, it's told me things that would happen. I run from it and so forth. And even many of the, my minister friends told me not to have anything to do with it. And one night he came to me as an angel and talked to me, told me to go pray for sick people. And these things would take place. And he referred to it to the Scripture that it was the Spirit of Christ. And I said, if I tell the truth, God will testify the truth. And anyone knows that God would never testify of a lie. I said, he'll only testify the truth. And if I'm telling the truth, God will testify of it. And if he doesn't testify, then it isn't the truth. I said, but I, as I, and about that time, here he comes, coming down over that audience of thousands of people. And the same man, Mr. Kipperman, which had wrote the awfulest article in the paper the day before and said I was a hypnotizer because a garter had left a woman's throat said I hypnotized it off with hypnotism. <clears throat> I don't understand. <clears throat> the boy was Catholic. And he, he had to run forward, Mr. Kipperman, and when he seen that, he shot the picture. Just to see I said, now, I will not have to speak. He spoke himself. So I turned around and walked away. And Mr. Kipperman and them on the road home to the studios, they said, well, what do you think about that? And Mr. Kipperman said, I don't know. And Mr. Iris said, well, being a Catholic, he said, I believe that there is such things, but it could only be done through the Catholic Church. And said, the boy, being an Irishman, said maybe his people before him was Catholic. Said, maybe it is. And if it is, he'll finally wind back to the Catholic Church. And um, they were talking, so they went on down. So they said, well, they, Mr., they must put these pictures in of Mr. Best to get, to get the, for the next day because he wanted the glosses. So they just put them in the acid. The boy sat there and smoked a cigarette. One of them went upstairs for something and I believe laid down on a cot, fell asleep. And the other one... He went in to pull the nagonies out from the dark room out of the acid. And when they pulled out the first one of Mr. Bob, well, that minister with his finger pointing in that saintly old man's face, it was negative. And the next one was a blank. And the next one, all six of them was a blank. And when he pulled out the next one he shot, there was not only my picture, but there was the angel of the Lord standing there. The man had a heart attack. They come up to the Rice Hotel... <coughs> But they had two men stand at the door and wouldn't let him in. That night, 11 o'clock, it was flowed away to Washington, D.C. on a copyright by the American uh, uh, Photographer Association. They'd taken the pictures many times, newspapers and so forth, but they wouldn't receive that. This was official. So then they brought it. And how many have heard of George J. Lacey? He's the best of the is in the FBI on fingerprint and research. He's in California at the time, and they brought him to Houston, Texas for research to, touch, to find that. He took the camera, he took everything, he took the film, he, he took everything, went to the stadium and everything to check it all over and everything. Had it three days and nights under violet ray lights and everything else, he kept it. Now, on the afternoon of the fourth day, he called and said, Now, I'll give the analysis of what about the picture. All of us come in, there set the newspapers and so forth. I was sitting way back, about half as many people as in this aisle here. He said, he come out, he's kind of a red-headed fellow. He said, whose name is Reverend Branham? I said, mine, sir. He said, stand up. I stood up. He said, Reverend Branham, you're going to pass out of this life like all mortals. I said, I know that, sir. But thanks be to God, I'm prepared for that hour. And he said, uh, would you come forward? I said, yes, sir. He said, I submit this to you. He said, Reverend Branham, I've been one of your critics. He said, I've said that was psychology. The people saying this, seen that, that light and that pillar of fire and so forth. Said they, they, I said it was psychology. 
I've heard of others taking it. I said it was psychology. He said, but Reverend Brennan, the mechanical eye of that camera will not take psychology. He said, the light struck the lens. And he said, it's the first time in all the world's history that ever a supernatural being was ever photographed. He said, the old hypocrite, which he meant the unbeliever, has said there's no scientific proof that there is a, a supernatural being, but said that can't be said no more. said, but here's a scientific picture to prove that there is a supernatural being. And one of them hangs in the Religious Hall of Art in Washington, D.C., dedicated to the place. The picture's under copyright. The studios have sold thousands of them. He submitted the negative to me. I said, sir... If my Lord Jesus thought enough of me to come down and have his picture taken to the side of me for the first time has ever taken all the world's history, I love him too much to commercialize his picture. I said, no, sir. He said, that's worth $100,000. I said, he said, now you'll probably be dead and gone before this picture comes into force. He said, but as long as there's a Christian civilization, this will live on. So I said, well, sir, no matter what it would be, I don't, I don't commercialize nothing. I said, I don't go out for people's money. That's true. God knows that. And the people of the world knows it. People's offered me thousands of dollars. If I had to scrape up $200 now, I don't know where it would come from. I come in this world poor, I'll go out poor. And yet I've been offered as much as a, one place from the big winery in California where a woman is healed with cancer on the breast, a million five hundred thousand dollars in one money order, and I refuse to look at it. Big article in the paper. Or refuse to even look at the check. It's not money. No, sir. I love the Lord Jesus. I love, and the only way I can love Him is by loving you. And being truthful with you, I'm truthful with Him. And as I serve His people, I serve Him. I speak the truth. I've told the truth. Now look, the picture, we'll have one here tomorrow night to show you. It's a big pillar. How many have seen it? Probably many of you have seen it. His copyrighted thing goes with it. A big pillar of fire, about that big around. They said in the research that looked like emerald light, flaming, burning. You can watch it. I hope it appears here tonight. Many, many times it's appeared right in the meetings while I was having services. Has anybody ever seen it literally with their eyes in the meeting? Is there anybody present who's seen it? Sure, there you are. See, it comes right down many times, right literal while we're praying. And there, if this is my last night on earth, while I'm standing here in Connersville, Indiana, my testimony is the truth. God, the same God that led the children of Israel by a pillar of fire in the wilderness, is leading His church today the same. And that same pillar of fire is with us tonight. And as He led the children of Israel then by signs and wonders and healings and miracles, when He was here on earth, He did the same things that you see Him doing tonight. Now He's with us, both invisible pillar of fire... And by signs and wonders proving that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The scientific world knows tonight that I have told the truth. I have told the truth. God in heaven knows that I have told the truth. And God has testified to the people, I have told the truth. And if I would go home to glory off this pulpit tonight, my testimony would have to stand, I've told the truth. I've been in contact, direct, indirect, with many, many millions of people. Maybe there are 10 million people all around the world. Hundreds of thousands and thousands and thousands has seen the wonders and the signs of God in the supernatural realm just as Jesus Christ did it here on earth. We have people who doesn't believe. They cannot believe. The Bible said they were born to this condemnation. They can't believe. But those who believe Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, may the Lord bless you. And I'll say this in the name of our Lord, that the same Jesus that brought the children of Israel out of the wilderness, the same Christ that was the angel of a covenant of, to you ministers, the Logos that went out of God. You know what I'm talking about. All right? The same one that led them was the same one that walked here in human flesh on earth, returned back to God, came back in the form of the Holy Spirit, leading the church just the same tonight. And I'm so thankful to be represented with a bunch of believers that God has represented himself with, with signs and wonders. The Lord bless you, everyone. Now remember, I do not claim to heal the people. I pray for the people. God, by birth, not by desire, no,
but by birth and by the sovereignty of God, the foreordination and wisdom of God, he made up my makeup as a seer. I can't see what I want to. I see what he shows me. That's all I know. It's what he shows me and what he tells me that I do. May the Lord bless you, and I pray that he'll come visible in the meeting tonight and will manifest himself to all you needy. First, you who needs him as a Savior. No matter how clean you're living, how, how sufficient your church-going uh, is, how much mem- remember, it was a holy church, a Bible-believing church that condemned Jesus Christ and put him to death. And those, Jesus declared those Pharisees, said, You are your father, the devil. Religious, holy man. See, faith is something. You're saved by faith. Not by imaginary, but by direct contact with God who brings the supernatural life into your mortal being. While we bow our heads. Father in heaven, to who we love and believe, Know that thou art the same yesterday, today, and forever, the great Jesus of Nazareth, who was in spirit form first, led the children of Israel by a pillar of fire, came down on earth, and was made in the image of man to redeem man back to God, then returned back to the Father, has returned in this last day in the same Holy Spirit. Oh, how we thank thee. And now you're here tonight. I pray that you're great blessings will be manifested to all, and may this be a night long remembered because of his presence. And may every child of Adam's fallen race tonight, who's sitting in a hearing of my voice, knowing that someday they've got to return back to the dust of the earth, knowing that maybe before morning our souls will have to answer in the presence of God. Have mercy upon us all, Lord. And now the words that I have spoken tonight, Thou will verify them to be the truth. For they come from Your Word first, then by power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit, make every believer inspired greater, make every sinner to realize his sinful condition, he or she, and may they receive Thee tonight as their personal Savior, And, Lord, to the sick and the needy, I pray that they will be healed. And now, Lord, as thy gift has been made manifest in the church, as you promised, these things are done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by our Lord Jesus. The things that I do shall you also. And greater, for I go to my Father. Now, bless us together and help, Lord, tonight that the Holy Spirit, in confirmation of God's word, May confirm it to everyone in the name of God's beloved Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, we ask it. Amen. That dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. And they questioned him one time about some things. Because he went to a pool where there's a great big multitude of, of lame, halt, blind, twisted people, the pool of Bethesda. How many remembers the story? Let's see your hand. And he never healed one of them. And went over to a man laying on a pallet and made him well. You remember the story? Well, if it looked like if he was full of love and compassion, he'd have healed all of them. But now watch. The Jews questioned him. In the 19th verse of the same chapter, he said, Verily, verily, that's absolutely, absolutely, I say unto you, The Father, I do nothing of myself, but what the Father shows me, that I do. Is that right? How many knows that's a scripture? St. John 5, 19. Whatsoever things the Father doeth, he showeth the Son. He'll show you greater than this that you may marvel. Is that true? Now, look, Jesus claimed that he'd done nothing except the Father showed him by vision. Now, now remember, look at the resurrection of Lazarus. He went away when he knew Lazarus go to die. He went away. Of course, they criticized that. And they sent for him. He didn't come. They sent again. He just went on. But he said then on the... After a few days, he said, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. The Father had showed him what was going to happen. He knew after so many days it would take place. 
He said, well, if he sleepeth, he do as well. He said, well, I will wake him. And at the grave, look what he said. Father, I thank thee that thou hast already heard me, but for these that stand by, I said it. Is that right? See? See, he had seen a vision. Now, he knew their thoughts. He knew what they were doing. Someone said, Brother Branham, you looking out over the audience and know what the people are doing and so forth out there, did you know that's reading those people's mind? That's mental telepathy? <laughs> well, then, Jesus Christ read the people's minds. I didn't hear one amen. But that's the truth. Did the Bible say he perceived their thoughts? How many says that? Let's see. Well, what's perceiving a thought? See, not that counterfeit that the devil has sitting on the corner. That's a little old psychic hand guessing at a few things. That's, that's just a pattern. That's just a bogus what the, the Lord has. God had a prophet named Samuel. There's a witch of interest could almost do the same thing he did, but she wasn't of God. She was the devil. See? There's a false gospel that goes out. Just a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. It's just the false thing of what God's got of the real gospel. See what I mean? There's always a true and false. Jesus wasn't a, what you call a psychic mind reader. He had the power of God in him that did the thing. Did you ever read of the, of the Urim in the Bible where they looked up on it, that breastplate they give the, where God would talk through that breastplate? Now the devil made a crystal gazer for his substitute for that. The Urim and Thumbin, you, you, brother, know it. They looked up on it and the lights changed when God would sanction something, which is a, tip, a type of the Word of God. The three ways that God talks, through the prophet, through dreams, through the Urim, through the Bible, through the revelation, through the prophet. Same way today, see? This is the Urim. Now, and then if any dream or any vision or anything you have doesn't compare with this, it's not God talking. But if it's not on this, then it's God talking. So Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever in his church, the same pillar of fire, doing the same signs and wonders. Now, the Lord bless you, everyone, and be real much in prayer now, very much in prayer. Excuse my language, I'm not a speaker. I pray for the sick. All right, the Lord be with you all now. Let's just bow our heads a moment. Lord, have mercy now. And help us tonight. And may your spirit be near to bless all the people. Bless the needy everywhere. We pray now that you'll send your angel. And may he stand near. And the Bible said when the Holy Ghost has come, that he would reveal things to us and would show us things to come. We believe it, Lord. We believe. And so we ask you now to bless us. And may he come and confirm the word that I have spoken. Now, Father, I have testified of you. Now, you testify of me, Lord, that I have told the truth. For I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Perhaps there would be someone near around that's an unbeliever. Let me ask you. I, I would change my attitude or not stay. For let me warn you in the name of our Lord, it's a dangerous thing. I could stand here hour after hour and give you statements of the officers and so forth across the nations where they go from one to another. That's right. Anybody who knows the Bible knows that's truth. They go from one to another. So now, if remember, I am not responsible for critics are unbelieving. If a few days of something happened to show up, did you happen to find yourself around here with cancer or something? Just remember what I've told you. Now, if you're a believer and will be irreverent, then I will be responsible. Because under God, I'd have to be. But not to a critic. Now, it's, it, we're dealing with the Holy Spirit. Remember, the God of heaven is watching this meeting. And now, if our Lord was coming down here now and was wearing my suit that he gave me, and he was standing here on the platform tonight. He'd look at this poor old woman standing here. Of course, his heart would go out for her. I don't know what's the matter with the woman. But Jesus does. But Jesus could not do one thing for her 
until the father showed him what to do. But now if he talked to her a little while like he did the woman at the well, contact her spirit, he would know what was wrong with her, what was the trouble. Is that right? Now let's ask him to come. May his blessings be upon us. Now, sister, I want you to look up here at me just to talk with me a little bit. Of course, seeing you wear glasses, as soon as anyone would know, like I'd say, there are these people there on cots that's paralyzed and everything. Well, anybody sees that. You, but now, you see, well, I'd say, oh, it's something wrong with your eyes. You're wearing glasses. Well, people say, sure, that's right, see. But that, that isn't it. That may be. It may be what's wrong with her if it is. I don't know, but she'll bear witness of the truth if it is the truth. I believe you'd be that sincere and honest, lady, that you'd bear witness of what is truth. And in... His presence, we come now, us both. You as, as a believer, coming to me as a believer, that together that God might do something here for us that would help me to pray for you, to have faith for you, and help you to have faith in Christ also. And maybe together we find grace in God's sight that would help us in this time of need. I believe we are strangers to each other, aren't we? Uh, yes, that's right. Never seen each other before. Well, then, you're just one of the people that was called up here on the platform. And now, your life, God has known you since you was a baby and has fed you all these many years. He knows just what's the matter with you. He knows just what's, what's going to be the outcome of it. He knows what started it. He knows all about it, doesn't he? But I, I don't know none of that, and you know I don't. There's no way at all for me to know it. But he does. Well, now, if he would happen to speak to, to you through his servant, just as, as my voice is coming through this, this becomes my servant, you see. That brings my voice out there. Well, just as, as my body here, just like that electric bulb, is, there, is a servant to that electric current. It isn't the bulb that's giving light. It's the current in the bulb that's giving light, see. And that's the way... Now, anybody turn the switch, then the lights goes out. And it isn't the bulb. It can't help it. It just takes the switch. In this case, I'd be the bulb. Just shed any light on the path of God's Word. And it says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when he talked to a woman one time, just for one, for an example, many, I guess he did. The Bible said the world wouldn't hold the books that he... Well, then, he talked to a woman and... I believe, now this is my own idea, that what he was doing there, he said, bring me a drink. He's just a conversation to see why the woman is out there and to contact her spirit. And he went right straight then after he talked to her a little while and told her where her trouble was. Is that right? He said, here's your trouble. And when she found that, she said, I perceive that you are a prophet. And she ran into the city and said, the, the Messiah was at the gate. Now, he's, if he's the same, well... Reasons show that he'd do the same, wouldn't he? His spirit would be the same. He'd, all right. Now, I, I love him, and I believe him, and I hope that he will help us. But there's something, and yes, you've been sick for some time. Very sick, too. And you... The cancer. Could I talk to you just a minute away from this microphone? Now, this woman, God knows the woman. And she knows that unless God helps her, she's going to die. She can't live without God's help now. And I know the woman would be sincere. It wasn't nothing immorally she had did, but just something that I had to tell her away from this microphone because of a mixed audience and there's not a person in the world that's seen this thing take place besides God himself in the woman. Is that right, lady? Is that? It was in the... Was it the truth? Yes, that's the truth. Now, the Lord knows that. A vision breaks before. Now, sister, if God would let me see what's been down through the years in your life and see these things, then would he let me know what the future would be if he'd let me know what was? If that you know is the truth, if he'd tell me anything for you in the future, you'd know that would be truth too. Is that right? Sure. Now, it's not, no matter how old you are, see, God still 
can heal you and make you well. If you believe now this to be the truth, that the revelation of God and Jesus Christ is here tonight and his word by first by the Bible has claimed that he would heal you if you'd believe. And if I pray for you, and he specified the angel of the Lord that not even cancer would stand by the prayer. These things is just a gift, you see. The main thing is to pray for the sick. That's what I was sent, to pray for the sick. This is just a gift. That doesn't heal anyone. Now, he's told you your, your condition, your life, whatever it was, has told you that. The thing goes from me just in a moment because it has fresh vision people out there pulling, you see. And it, and it, but whatever it was, it was the truth. It's always the truth. And now, that didn't heal you. But it's prayer that heals you. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Now, do you believe with all your heart? I try to. All right, let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, sickness has overtaken our sister, and she's standing here, and Thou alone can make her well. And now, as Your servant, and submitting all things to You, I pray for mercy for this aged mother. God be with her. And as I lay my hands upon her, I ask the evil sickness or disease or affliction, whatever it might be, that's wrong with her, that it might leave her and go away. And I do this in commemoration of our Lord Jesus Christ, who said they should lay hands on the sick and they should recover. I ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now, God bless you, Mother. Don't doubt nothing. Now, just go rejoicing and believing with all your heart. All right. How do you do? Do you believe? Now, sir, you and I also are strangers here together. Never saw me before. Then, do you believe, you realize that you're anyone who stands here close while the anointing is near, knows that there's something going on. You realize there's something spiritually moving. In other words, you know there's, there's a feeling that you have now of awe that there's something near here somewhere. You're conscious of that. Now, that is the angel of the Lord that I speak of that gives that feeling. No, sir, that isn't right. <clears throat> you thought I didn't catch that, didn't you? But I did. <laughs> It's not a mental telepathy. <laughs> Sir, it's not you that's in trouble. No. You're a nervous person, all upset. But the trouble of what you've come here to see me for is about a wife. It's home. Is that right? <laughs> that's right. God bless you. The woman's laying dying. She's taking some kind of stuff now to keep her easy right at this very hour. Have you got a son or something there with her, something taking care of her now? Is that right? Well, then he knows about it, doesn't he, brother? Yeah. Got your handkerchief? I have my yeah. handkerchief. Almighty God, in the name of your Son, Jesus, I bring this handkerchief in commemoration of the Bible, which is written in the Bible according to the Scriptures. In Acts, the 19th chapter, of thy word, it said they took from the body of Paul handkerchiefs or aprons. The people knew that he was a prophet sent from God, that they knew that the angel of God was with him. He stood by him. And they knew that he, what he blessed was blessed. And now, Lord, we're not the St. Paul, but you're still the same Lord Jesus. And here's a serious need. And I ask you, dear Father, as I send this handkerchief to his sick and dying wife, that you will spare her life. I commit this to you, Lord, not knowing what you will do, but I know that you are interested in the case, and I send this. And when it reaches her, when Israel had moved up towards the promised land, the enemy had cut them off. The Jordan rolled between. But Joshua moved out there in the great pillar of fire, looked down, as one of the writers said, with angry eyes at the river, and the river got scared and moved back, and Israel passed over into the Promised Land. And God, when this handkerchief was laid on the woman, made the enemy be scared and move back. 
God looked down through that same pillar of fire and saved the woman's life. We as your believing children pray in Jesus' name that you'll grant it. Amen. God bless you, my brother, and may you hasten this to her, and may the good news follow. Uh, we'll be praying. God bless you. Now, be just reverent and have faith. Don't just set suspicious. Believe God. Every person in here could be healed right now. Well, you are healed if you would just accept it. It has to come to pass. Believe God. How do you do, sir? We're strangers also, are we, sir? We are. You've been in a meeting but never got to speak to me or anything. That way, I, what I mean, I've never seen you before as a Noah. Do you believe me to be his servant? That what I have told is the truth? Well, if you've done that, then God told me when that angel appeared, if you get the people to believe you, then be sincere when you pray. See? I said, they won't believe me. I'm uneducated. He said, as the prophet Moses was given signs and a vindication to heal his hand of leprosy and, and, and make a stick turn to a serpent and back to a stick, he said, you'll be given signs. And you'll know the very thoughts of their heart and tell them these things. And by these, he said, which is the Lord Jesus the working in the proving his scripture, you see, that they would believe. Now, if we be strangers, and this man here be a stranger, and if God will reveal to me the man's condition or whatever it is, well, then I, there's no room for doubt anymore, is there? Then you believe I'd pray for you, then God would grant it. You do. <clears throat> well, I, may he grant it, my brother. The first thing, I see you're, you're concerned about someone else besides yourself. Now, I believe that's a relative of yours. I believe it's a, it's a woman. She's deaf or something, and she has a, 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 a rheumatism like or something wrong with her. You have a, a condition. Just a moment. Let me speak to you here. That's right. That's a, is that the truth? That's true. See, now, that has God, to be God. Yes, that has to be God. Thank you, brother. May the Lord bless you. Come here just a minute. Are you Believe now that he will grant to you the desire of your heart. Well, I've asked God to make it possible that I could come to you, and I don't know how it was, but I'm here, so it must be God. That's exactly right. Thanks be to God. Our Heavenly Father, I bless this man. May he go now and receive in his heart, and his faith has moved up. His desire was to come. As Moses lifted the brass serpent in the wilderness as an ensign, the serpent couldn't even pray for people, but they looked and lived because they know that you were in the program. It was obeying what you said do. And Father, as the same memorial tonight, I lay hands upon the man, obeying what you said do, and ask for the healing of his body and for his loved one likewise, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. A young man, go on your road rejoicing. Go be thankful to God. Surely I reward you of your faith. God bless you. Felicity, but it's, it takes your faith now. You've had a desire in your heart a long time. Isn't that right? I'm not reading your mind, but you uh, even promised God that the things that you promised that you know you should have done when you was a young woman one time, that you failed to do it. Is that the truth? Your baby has got some kind of a bowel trouble. Isn't that right? Something uh, got a paralyzed condition, and it's got a gurgitation. It vomits its little food out. Is that the truth? If that's true, raise up your hand. All of that. How do I know you, and how do I know your baby? But the God of heaven is standing here revealing to you. Do you believe God will heal the baby if I'll ask Him? And will you obey Him and go ahead and do what God? Our heavenly Father, I pray that you'll bless both the lady and the baby. And may they both get well, Lord, and serve you all the days of their life. In Jesus Christ's name, I ask this blessing. Amen. God bless you now. Go rejoicing, going, being happy, and, and praising God for his goodness and mercy. Let's say thanks be to God. Now be reverent, everyone.
Oh, this, this man's death standing here. I can move it now, I think. Almighty God, author of life, giver of every good gift, send thy blessings upon this man, this deaf spirit who's here trying to... To hold the man, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll loose these ears so that he might hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou deaf spirit, come out of the man. In the name of Jesus Christ, I adjure thee to go. All right, you can come up here to the microphone. This was a deaf ear. Hear me? Yes, sir. Say amen. Amen. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. You are healed, my brother. You can go on your road rejoicing, being happy. Let us say thanks be to God. You believe God will heal you that cancer, sir? Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll heal this man and may he go home and get well. In Jesus Christ's name, I ask it. Amen. God bless you, brother. Now go on your road rejoicing, thanking God. Let us see. Come, lady. Do you believe? Your trouble's in your back, isn't it? That's right. You believe God will make you well? Lord Jesus, I bless the woman that asked you to heal her. In Jesus Christ's name, I ask it. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go on your road now rejoicing, being made happy. Aren't you a sufferer too, ladies, sitting right there? This right here is this red coat on. You're wanting to be prayed for too, aren't you? I thought you did. You was praying man, see. Yeah, that's you. I didn't get just what it was. I do now. It's arthritis. Is that right? And don't you have something else besides that? A phlebitis. <laughs> that's right. You believe you're going to be healed? Are you all interested in her? You believe too? What about you sitting next to her there? You have arthritis too, sitting right next to her. And you lady, you have uh, uh, low blood pressure, don't you? Is that right? That lady there also, she has uh, arthritis also. Is that right? Is that the truth? Raise your hands if that's the truth. There's something connection with all of you, the whole group of you. You come together. You come from another city, from Ohio. Is that right? Go home and be well now, the whole group of you. Come. You want to be healed? All right. Got asthmatic troubles. Just go thank the Lord and be made well. That's it. God bless you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to get over the heart trouble, lady? If you do, just go thanking him and saying, thank you, Lord, and God will let you get over it. You believe now? I see somebody sitting there praying right there with that white-looking coat on. You have a very odd thing. You have real weak spells fainting away. Isn't that right? If that's the truth, raise your hand. Stand up and accept your healing now. God bless you. Go home and be made well now. That little woman sitting there praising the Lord on the end. You've got some kind of hurting in your breast that caused you trouble. Isn't that right? And a stomach trouble too. Isn't that right? It's gas is pushing out against your heart and so forth. The Lord bless you. Go home now and get well. The Lord Jesus make you well. Let's say praise be to God. You want to get rid of that anemia condition? You do? Say, thank you, Lord, for healing me. Accept your healing. Do you do it? Or go on your road rejoicing and be happy. Let's say, praise God. Praise God. You know, that gallbladder trouble? You do? Stand up and accept your healing, man. You say, God bless you. That's right. Amen. Have faith in God. All right, come, sir. You know, get over the heart trouble? Just go on your road rejoicing. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, that's the way to do it. Believe with all your heart. You want to get over that anemia condition back there? You believe that God will make you well? You. All right, sir. Stand up and accept your healing and say, Thank you, Lord Jesus. And you can God bless you. That's the way. All right. Heart trouble, tumor. Oh, God, be merciful. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll heal the woman and may she go home and be made well. Through Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go rejoice. Come. My little brother, do you believe me to be God's prophet? You have diabetes, don't you, honey? You want to get over it? If Jesus was here, he'd lay his hands on you get well, wouldn't you? Then in the name of Jesus Christ, get well, honey. Go and may the Lord bless you and make you well. 
Let's say thanks be to God. All right, lady, you don't get over the heart trouble, don't you, sister? Be made well. All right, come the Lord Jesus. Bless this woman and may she go home and be well. Through Jesus Christ's name, I ask this. Amen. All right. You believe now, sister? Believe that God will make you well? Father, I pray that you'll heal her and make her well in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go on your road. Look. You know, what was your trouble? You're in a bad shape, but God will make you well if you believe. Isn't that right? Go on and rejoice now and be made well. Is that right? Are you believe she can be healed, brother? You do? Uh, it's, um, it's in your spine. Is that right? The vertebrae's all out. If you believe God and believe me to be his servant, I'll ask God to heal you, and then you get up from there and go home if you'll believe. Walk out and be well. You believe it? Lay your hand on her, sir. You'd sit there by her. Lay your hand over on her. Lord Jesus, I don't know why you pulled around to show that woman, but she's laying there years she's been laying like this, but thou can make her well. I pray, God, that you will heal her and make her well. Now look down upon that scene, and I ask as your servant that you will heal the woman and make her well. May she rise up, go home, and get over this and be a well, healthy woman again to give God praise, realizing that nothing else could help her but God right now. I ask in Christ's name for her healing. Amen. God bless you now, sister. Now, you feel that you're healed? If you are, you can get up out of the cot when the service and go on out and go home. How many of the rest of you like to be made well just at this time? Don't worry. There she gets up. Paralyzed in the spine. The rest of you can be healed too. Let's raise your hands and give praise to God. Anybody want to be healed? Just come right on now. Stand up to your feet. Accept your healing. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll make every one of them well. May they leave here tonight, Lord, and be healed tonight. As your spirit moving down here, and make them well in Jesus Christ's name, I ask it. Amen.